Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and I am uh, accompanied, of course, by the gang. Hello, gang. How you doing? Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, which, you know, w- the, the usual folks that we've had so far uh, in our previous episode of The Year of the New Sun. Uh, today, we will be covering The Shadow of the Torturer, chapters 6 through 10. Or if you have the book, it's uh, chapters VI through X. Oh, is that what um, that was? <laughs> yeah, you know, those <laughs> Romans, they had funky numbers that looked like letters. Weird, you know, I huh? think I think next time you introduce us, like we should do it like a, like a, a, a bar band. Where it's like, oh, we got Pete on bass, and I do a solo, and you just sort of flip through us. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, do you have a bass? Um, no. <laughs> okay, Slap so at the bass? I obviously, like, the, this needs some workshopping, but my point is it would be funny. I, I recommend watching some live Springsteen. He does a good job introducing the whole band. Mm. Mm, okay. And the big man, Clarence Clemens on saxophone. Yeah. Uh, Richard Cheese does a good job too. <laughs> hmm. All right. All right. So um I suppose that uh we should probably um let, let's do a little recap of what what, what has come before. Uh, so we read uh, chapters one through five previously, wherein we learn a little bit about uh, the world of that Severian knows. Uh, it is an ancient world. He lives in a, a place called the Citadel in a uh, city that is called Nessus, and he works for the Torturers, the Guild of Torturers. Nice union job. um i mean i i don't know whether uh we need to get much further on than that other than well i guess we could say that um he's become embroiled supposedly in some sort of or he thinks he's embroiled in some sort of um uh resistance to the current ruler uh the autarch um because he helped out uh the autarch's rival Vodalus, um, amongst the nobility, which are called exultants in this world, uh, as they were basically grave robbing. I mean, so, and then we, we left him, uh, when he had been sent on an errand to fetch some books. Uh, and we found out that this world is very, very old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the paintings on the walls of the, uh, the, the, that the curators, uh, maintain are, seem to be showing things that we would recognize, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in this present time. The only thing I, I want to add is that there's an interesting metatextual, um, layer going on as well. Cause like, as, as you mentioned, Carlo, ostensibly Severian is now caught up in, in some, you know, resistance or revolutionary group or something, but in actuality, he hasn't done anything within the story. It's, but, but we know from the point of view of the narrator and the hints that they have, he has dropped that, that he will, that he, you know, it, it is, it is coming. And so from the point of view of the narrator, it is set in motion, but from the literal, you know, 
linear passage of time within the narration he hasn't actually really done anything even even by the end of of uh chapter 10 can i can i up. add to that no uh, okay <laughs> please 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 be i entreat you my my favorite example of that is the very end of chapter 10 where the uh where the is it the very end of chapter ten where the where the the head torturers give him the the secret? It is yes, and, yeah, it, and yes. oh boy, did that did that did that fucking chap my ass because I was like, oh, we're gonna find out the secret, and then he's like, I'm not gonna tell you yet, but I will, <laughs> uh, but I will. <laughs> I've told everybody, but not you. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it, that's right, right before uh, uh, a. a, a a line that um, we'll get to, but uh, I, I wasn't entirely sure if it's supposed to be taken straight or if it's an actual sly joke uh, that that our uh, our author Gene Wolf, part time <laughs> X Man, uh, has inserted into the text. Um, so anyway, uh, who wants to? I mean, basically, this is again. Uh, I don't think a lot of action or plot stuff happens mm. uh but and yet and yet yeah <laughs> we were all i i do believe maybe i'm putting words in kurt and pete's mouth um <laughs> we were all very well uh entertained by what has come to pass in these uh yeah. chapters six through ten yeah, uh, yeah. A, a good time was had by all. Yes, it, yes, right. literally so. Well, to to me, it really <laughs> feels like the um, <laughs> it re- <laughs> especially by Severian and Roach. Um, <laughs> uh, although actually, maybe less so by Severian. Actually, yeah, actually, like as he, he says, he's it, it 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 didn't seem to land for the man. <laughs> yeah, it's it, uh, Bustin made him feel okay. Uh, yeah so so i something i've noticed in um uh a lot of tv shows right is that there is a there there is a two-step introduction to their world where like the first season or the first block of things it, it, it spends a lot of time establishing some some baselines uh and then the second season or the second arc will will begin to move around within those baselines. Um, and it feels like the first block of chapters that we read was really just laying down some basics of the world. And now you can kind of feel the the plot and the characters moving around in them. And you have like a sense, you have a sense of the space in which things are now moving around. So like, um, you know, I, I feel like in the first few chapters, I, I, I never knew what was going to happen at any given moment. Like when Severian walked up to someone, I had no clue if they were going to be a dick to him, if they were going to be like, hello, welcome, torturer, you know, esteemed guest. Um, and and now in this second block, it's like it's, you know, you, you have some expectations of how things are going to go. And so it's interesting because now it can play against them. Right. So, like, for instance, in the first chapter, uh, in chapter six. Severian is finally talking to um I totally forget his name now the, the, the head, yes thank you yes the the head librarian um and it, the, he's kind of like an absent-minded 
uh, savant kind of, and and he he's not super concerned about who he is talking to, and it comes out like at the end of their conversation that Severian is from the Guild of Torturers, and he pauses and is like, hmm, and 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 it's it's neat because you think he's gonna give him shit about it like everyone else in the in the book has, but instead he's like. Oh, interesting. Okay, let me let me relate that to say he just he just like doesn't care. Um and, and in fact he even kind of downplays that, you know, how even kind of makes clear that he doesn't he doesn't actually find them gross or isn't terribly concerned that he's he's talking with them. So I, I don't know, it's it, this this block feels like it's really beginning to spread its wings as a story at least within my head, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So, right. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and uh we were talking off mic that like uh, not a lot of, and I think we were hinting at it at the beginning of this episode that not a lot of like overarching plot has really like gone on here. This and like you said, Kurt, this is kind of just more exploring uh the world and and you know Carlo said the the W word, which is world building, but um the and it's but this is doing such a adding so much uh depth and nuance to to the area that uh to um to this this um whole setting that uh you know i i don't mind that there's not like you know a a forward momentum because the the forward momentum is i just want to find like i want to just keep reading it because it's just it's written so well and severian such an interesting character and all that everything is just just very intriguing i mean it there's there's stuff that other i feel like other writers would use as like an entire side plot or something mm-hmm. that are just like tossed in there mm-hmm. uh speaking of like <laughs> chapter six this is something that i keep on going back to and like just marveling at because it's wonderful it's just delightful to to read something um so he he finds uh Ultan, um and finds out like the the entire stacks uh or the the library that Ulten is the head curator for um is is dark uh and it it comes to pass that it it's not immediately made clear uh, again this is like a perfect summation in this scene of uh how wolf slowly uh reveals things to you um, you know, it's not immediately clear why the library is is in full darkness, but uh, it, it comes to, you know, becomes clear to to uh, Severian when Ulten comes closer and there's a torch available that Ulten's blind. Um, but uh, before that, um, or actually, a little bit uh, after that, he's. Uh, Basically, they're they're looking for some books, um, and uh, let me read here because this is just I, I just love it. Um, hold on, let me find it here. Here we go. Um, so he he being Ultan took me by the shoulder as he spoke, and we began to walk down one of the long narrow paths between the towering bookcases. Saibi followed us, holding up his candelabrum. I suppose more for his benefit than mine but it permitted me to see well enough to keep from colliding with the dark oak shelves as we passed. Your eyes have not yet failed you, Master Ultan said after a time. Do you apprehend any termination to this aisle? No, sir, I said, and in fact I did not. As far as the candlelight flew, there was only row upon row of books stretching from the floor to the high ceiling. Some of the shelves were disordered, some straight, 
Once or twice, I saw evidence that rats had been nesting among the books, rearranging them to make snug two- and three-level homes for themselves, and smearing dung on the covers to form the rude characters of their speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. I, God, I went I back and read that it a so second much. time, and I was like, oh, so, oh some cool. Rat du- yeah, some Reference. rat duplexes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it, it also, like, fits perfectly into, like, this ancient world where, you know, like, perhaps millions of years have passed, <laughs> so so much so that rats have evolved into their own people, right? <laughs> it's yeah. so great. It, I love it, it. it. It reminds me almost of... Um, that's a plot device in uh, Red Dwarf, the the British comedy sci-fi hmm. show. Oh yeah, the um, the cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one of the so so like the basic plot plot of the show is, um, you know, this kind of layabout schlub signs on to a basically like a merchant shipping mining vessel, um, and his plan is to get in trouble on purpose. So they put him in stasis for the rest of the journey and he gets basically a free ride back to earth. Um, and one of the things he does to, to get in trouble is he smuggles a cat, like a pet cat on board. Um, however, while he's in stasis, uh, there's, there's like a terrible radiation accident kills the entire crew. And, uh, the AI keeps him in, keeps him in stasis until it's safe to come out, which is like 1.5 million years later. And Mm. in that time, the pet cat that he brought on board, uh, you know, cr- created a- an entire race of of hyper intelligent cats that rose and then eventually fell until there was only one cat left, uh, who is kind of like an idiot, uh, and and he is the <laughs> one who he meets and is friends with on the show. Anyway, so I it reminded me of that that, that the and and especially your explanation, Carl, and and I yeah, it just <laughs> I I like I like the sense of time. There's a lot of gothicism to the way that time appears and functions in this where like the the amount of time is again i i know that i keep coming back to 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 warhammer but like it does a lot of the same tricks i'm familiar with from there where the specifics amount of time is not important as long as it's vast Mm -hmm. and it is and all, all you need to know is that it's vast enough for anything to have happened and unhappened and happened again and then unhappened a second time so it's like it the like this is this is delightful because the past you know that the past contains us but it can contain any number of 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 other things too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I also find it uh this is one of those moments where it starts to get into um apart from time. Uh it starts to play with the idea of space as well. In, not not outer space, but just you know the concept of space because the um, we're told uh, or Ultan tells uh, Severian that the library in which he stands is not only the library of the city or the citadel, but also the library of the House Absolute, mm. and that it stretched like the the whole point being that he's he shows him like oh do you see any end to this no. Well, be be aware that the inside of this archive is larger than its container. <laughs> I also like that he mentions in passing, like the forty seventh floor of the library. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so uh, this is one of those instances where, as I was rereading it, the inside contain you know, is is larger than the outside. Um, but it's also a fantastic metaphor for what a book is, right? Mm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, 
can can I just say that was that was my favorite thing in this chapter is um the the description of how the the guild of archivists oh, uh recruits yes. people which which is basically like a very it's it's a very uh gene wolfed up description of basically they take the kids and leave them in the children's section of the library and if they wander into the adult section and get obsessed with a cool book then they are lost to their parents forever <laughs> within the library basically they they become nerds <laughs> <laughs> so well, did, did your parents the, the nerds the 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 it's like a fledgling that fell out of the nest and and the nerd Touched it and was like, oh, no, the parents don't want it anymore. <laughs> it smells like a nerd now. So yeah. I, in a weird sort of way, I think I know where he got this. Are, are you guys familiar with the, the concept of the gradient nursery? It was like a 60s thing. No, no but I, that, I, I, I can infer what it is, but please go on. It's, that sounds awesome. So the idea is you, 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 you dump the kid on like a mattress or in a crib or whatever, and you put you, you surround them with different types of toys. And so if, if the kid starts playing with the puppets, you know, the next day you put more puppets in there. And the idea is you try and move the, you, you try and move the play style in the direction that the kid wants to go. And my parents did that to me. And I mean, I basically ended up with like a room full of books and some painting equipment because that's how it went down. This, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense. And I mean, to be like, just to speak about child reading for a second, I do think that that makes sense. Uh, and how to raise a kid like that. That's certainly a good way to keep them interested in, and keep them mentally growing and, you know, engaging with new things. I, honestly, though, j it, I, I literally just found it, it literally just spoke directly to me becoming a nerd, which was literally like, <laughs> like, oh, there's all these old weird books. I wonder what's in them. You know, it, yeah. it definitely took on like like a magical uh, quality. I remember very specifically in my grade school library, which was in this weird old 19th century building the library was at the top of i think it was on the fourth floor and it had been a gymnasium which yes was on the fourth floor it's very strange ideas they had about architecture uh, architectural use in uh, the ninth the late 19th century when they built the the school but it, it was a library now and i would go to the back and the one book that always uh i found very enticing and then, I, and then it was ultimately of course very boring when i actually you know worked with the nerve to take it out was one of our h-bombs is missing which is basically just like a fictionalized account of like, oh, the it's from like the late 50s where it's like, oh, the, you know, strategic defense group lost a hydrogen bomb. Basically, it's and it wasn't interesting at all, but it seemed <laughs> mysterious. I knew what an H bomb was and it was like, what what could this book be? It's very mysterious up there on the dusty shelf. So I don't know. It, it's it spoke to me uh, personally, this this kind of that, that idea of wandering away from, you know, childish things into weird old spooky books yeah well, well the two things i, I want to say here is we, we each one of us has thought about and dismissed putting the word omelas in there um, <laughs> true true and and secondly <laughs> it kind of reminds me ex of the the golden ticket in the chocolate factory oh, except yeah. <laughs> except you get a kidnapping right <laughs> well i was also thinking of um the library of babel Oh. Where, yeah, where uh, remember that there's a sequence where they talk about like, oh, there was like a, a red book that uh, certain certain of the uh, the the acolytes or whomever uh, the, the archivists would would search for through the stacks 
Uh, and you know, like they, they never had found it or something to that effect. I, I forget. It's been a while since I read the story, but it brought, you know, like the, the sort of like the infinite nature of the archive, uh, that is hinted at and the idea of a specific book that then marks you as part of the archivist. <laughs> I mean, also like he's talking, to, he's telling Severian about this and like, you know, poor Sybe's there. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, yes, I should have never touched that fucking book. God damn it. <laughs> I, I did like how, um, he specifically says like, you're too old. You'll never see the book now, which gives it like a magical quality of like, mm. it's just, you just, you just, you just would never find it. You could spend all time, you could spend all your time looking for it and you'll never see that book. The other thing was, I love when, um, Alton starts describing the types of weird books that are in there. And oh, one of the books so is, a, is a book made of like psychoactive plants. And so touching the book gets you high, which of yeah. course reminded me of, um, uh what should i call it um uh name of the rose of course oh nice yeah um, yes although i actually <clears throat> that may have come out after this book though come to think of uh it. i think check. it almost had to because name of the rose is what like 78 something 79 probably well and also the the quartz that was uh that contained all the libraries the usb yes. stick yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's it's uh, it's just uh, a Jedi holocron. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought of as well. So, um, Name of the Rose came out in 1980. Oh, oh wow! So definitely after this. Yes, Called and sorry, and, <laughs> and and never I'll, let a, I'll I'll I told say, you so go pass. Oh hell no! Uh, <laughs> and I'll say that um, the library in Name of the Rose is in fact a, a, a echo of the Library of ba- Babel. Mm. With the weird poisons as well, so uh, yeah, I, I I I would probably say that this is completely uh, on purpose, uh, and Gene Wolfe is just having a lark with us. I, I, I like the detail that the uh, different guilds have different color cloaks. Mm, um, yeah. That the the archivists have uh, gray cloaks, and and all, and the torturers obviously have the the ful- fulgini. Is that how you Fulgin. say that? Fulgin. Fulligen, uh is that and which you know which is like the the vanta block of vanta black of uh you know the, this the new sun era <laughs> um so i i like um there's a, the, the one section at the very end where um so the old the we find out that severin's uh been sent here to retrieve some books that were requested by their newest uh client, client. as a client yes very nice <laughs> euphemism uh that's it. and then you know what that kind of reminds me. I, I I wonder what the CIA called the people they have at their black sites. Like, do you, do you think oh, it'd be like? God. Do you think it's like clients as well? Like, it's probably something like that <laughs> similar, euphemistic. Well, I mean, could you imagine like uh, showing them the instruments is just basically a power a PowerPoint slide? Yes, and exactly. like a little whiteboard. You know, like <laughs> yes. you know, we're we're considering doing this, but you know, it's up in the air right now. Yeah. yeah. Do, well, do, you know, do you, you think they call them cast members like in Disney World? Oh my god! <laughs> You're well, basically it, describing it's all my performance. job. It's like you bring you bring a bunch of new hires in, and it's like these are the things that are about to happen to you. <laughs> um, oh my so, god! So yeah, so Severin was sent here to get some books that were requested by a uh, a um, Ch- Chatelaine Thecla. 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 The uh, Chatelaine Thecla. Chatelaine Thecla. She's um, one of the noble classes who is 
been um, brought to the torturers. Uh, she, she's a member of the tallest. I was going to say that, Pete. <laughs> all the all the exultants are are actually uh, as you progress, all the exultants are apparently like a almost a subspecies of humanity that have been bred for tallness. Ooh. So, uh, well, there's shades of dinosaurs there, Pete. Yes. Yes, um, and, and invaders in, but definitely dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like that the part at the end when um, Severin kind of like coyly tries to ask uh, the archivist about like, um, you know, kind of a roundabout way of asking about like, well, if somebody is, finds the, a dead body and say somebody takes the right hand and somebody takes the left hand, uh, if they eat that, <laughs> will they and then take a drug or as what they call it, a, a pharmacon, a pharmacon, uh, they can relive the lives of their victims. And I think this goes what I, what I pr- appreciate about this little section is how Gene Wolfe will take like an everyday concept that we would like understand immediately and like cloaks it you know, in the mists of time and then like hides it. So like, they're just, they're talking about, yes, well, there's the theory of like every, you know, every part of a body has the entirety of it inside of it. And at the end I'm like, and then it came to the part where he said, yeah, the seed of all of them was contained in a drachm of sticky fluid. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, well, first of all, he's talking about s- sperm there. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I'm like, Oh wait, this is all a big thing. Like conversation about DNA. Mm-hmm. And it's just like mm-hmm. this like secret, like, you know, it's like this mystification of it because of how, you know, uh, in the future it is like, and it's like, rather than being ultra futuristic, as we would assume, it's, it's more, you know, looking at our modern day science as like ancient technology. It, it, I, I thought that section was pretty, pretty great. I, and I thought that was a- They don't actually put that together themselves either, because um, it, it seemed to me that Severian reads a section that is basically is like from this book basically saying oh you know there is there was this technology that they could take a that they could they could take a picture and draw it in, in such a way that any any piece of what you know any piece of it could be used to recreate the rest of it um and and he's kind of like oh that's weird it kind of reminds me of like the coin that i have because it says that, it, that it's graven but it's not it's not clear that they make the connection between like like to us it's clear that they are that both things could describe DNA, mm-hmm. but, but they, they don't, as you say, they don't make that connection because to them, the one is just lost technology or something. It's, it's, and, and there's, there's also, there's a charming little bit where they mention like the most interesting legends are the legends of the historians, which describe a time when all legends were known and were known to have originated in half remembered facts of some kind well, he's basically talking about like like folklore studies almost <laughs> although although i i dispute that particular characterization of folklore a little bit because a lot of folklore is just for fun doesn't actually originate from facts but but or or ultimately you could just say that it's describing like historiography but it's it's saying like the 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 study of the idea of of having a a complete understanding of history is itself a, a legend at this point it is impossible hmm. like that that alone to them is ridiculous the idea that you could you could ever know and trace all of history that it's so ridiculously fucked now that like it's just like a well, i don't know you know a bunch yeah. of stuff happened we, we we know some bits and pieces which again is a very like you know 40k or you know futurama thing where rail is on the moon i carry a harpoon and so on they <laughs> <laughs> one of these days alice bang zoom 
to the moon. And that's how we started the moon program. <laughs> yeah, that, it all that, that, I, whole archive I love sequence that. Was, was wonderful. Sorry. Sorry uh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's great. I, I was just going to say that uh, I, I always love that Futurama thing. It was like, <laughs> from one man's dream. <laughs> Bang, zoom, to the moon. <laughs> Seriously, though, as I read that, it, hit, it struck me that I would read an entire book just about the archivists fucking around oh. with books. And I mean, oh, granted, yeah. again, that's basically Name of the Rose again. But so, <laughs> I guess I should just go read it again. But but still, like, it's such a, it's a nice... It's this is such like a like a richness to the the implications of everything that they talk about. Where it's like, well, oh man, like I I just wanted to know more about everything that was featured in that chapter. To to oh. a certain degree, this this chapter, uh, yeah, like this chapter feels like it's it's almost um, a a a modernization of like, you know, something like Canterbury tale, right. Where it'd be mm -hmm. like, this is the archivist's tale. And he tells you oh, all yeah. about like how I used to have a love of reading. And then I realized that's not my fucking job. <laughs> I'm supposed to be, <laughs> that oh. is such a great thing. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminded me of something. Do, do you remember, do you remember in the previous section um, where uh, in, in the previous episode, of this, we talked about, I forget if it was in chapter two or three, Severian mentions being oppressed by the symbols that, like, he's, he's like, he's, he's entrapped by the symbols that he has to convey things that, like, even as we mark, even yes. as we mark the symbols, the symbols mark us. Yep. Mm -hmm. There is a really nice parallel to that where, um, again, coming back to this almost like Zen Buddhist idea of, of like, the symbol is not the thing and the thing is not the symbol. They're two distinct things. Um, there, where uh, Alton recounts um, that he spent all this time reading the book and suddenly he got all these weird impressions and he was very wrapped up in something that had nothing to do with, with the text of the book and he realized that he was, he was engaging with the book as an object itself. Mm -hmm. He had right. distanced himself from the information that it contained from the meaning of the book and was engaging purely with the object of the book and it felt like a very... I don't know if it was intended that way, but it felt like a very parallel idea, this separation between like object and, and meaning. I, I thought that was really interesting. And to, yeah, your, 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 your comment about like, you know, re realizing that the contents of the books didn't concern him. It was merely <laughs> the symbols. Uh, it was, it's the books as symbols or as markers of knowledge, not the knowledge. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really funny because it's, it, you'd think that, yeah, like, like, you know, nowadays we think, oh, a librarian, they love books. It's like, <laughs> they love reading, right? And he's like, no, they, their job is to <laughs> put and care for the books, not read them. <laughs> Another day at the Autarchs archive. Another person asking me, can I fuck the books? Brother, they don't even let me fuck the books. <laughs> they Speaking let the rats, of, they let let the rats, rats fuck the book. <laughs> Speaking of, we've been talking about, about all this high-minded stuff. Let's talk about Bustin. <laughs> yes. Hold on, hold on. Okay. We have to in introduce, first off, in Chapter 7, which I do have to say, if this was actually Gene Wolfe. The X-Men uh, comic book title. This I could see the splat like the, the cover of this is like Enter the Traitress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In full like Hellfire Club like regalia. Oh, you know it. You know it. Like a white dress, like like she's dressed like uh, Emma Frost or something like that. Focus. Yep. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we, we could, we could definitely get to bust in. No, no, uh, no. We should talk about, um, what, what's your name? Trekla? Trek? Trekla. Trekla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tricle. Uh, no, that's she, the dog. <laughs> so, so uh, she feels, she, she immediately feels important to the story in a way that nobody else has, uh, so far. You, as soon as she, she Except shows up, for the main can, character. Yes. Yes. Fair. Yes. Although, I, I mean, I, I honestly, if, if he died in the next chapter and he just kept narrating, I wouldn't be that, I wouldn't be that put off. I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, no, like, like she shows up and you're like, okay, she's going to be around for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the, he, he does fall in love with her immediately. So, yeah. <laughs> or so he says. Or so yeah. he says. Uh, yeah. So, it's. Oh, go ahead. I, I want to dis- digress for like two minutes or less. And Carlo, you got to pull me back. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Have you ever got, have you guys ever played fading Suns? No. no, I know of it. I have never played it. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a role playing game based upon the idea that civilizations, an interstellar civilization based on humanity has collapsed and they've clawed their way back. But like, they don't fucking understand their machines. Mm. And so they have an interstellar empire where nobody can repair the helicopters. And if one collapses, it's like, well, we still have 50. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's occasionally reading this. I will get vibes of that. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Matishin tower after all, let's, let's face it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, Pete, Pete, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and, and again, that's very much also a thing in Warhammer 40k, where it's like, they don't, they don't understand that technology isn't religion. And so they have, they have taken, like, machine maintenance and ritualized it where they're like, well, if you don't apply the sacred grease to the holy bearings, the machine spirit becomes <laughs> angry and the engine will break, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, t- to your point, Pete, this is a, it, it, just an interesting aside when, um, after Severian meets Thecla, uh, and they have like, like <laughs> the meat cute in the, in the torturer's cell. <laughs> um, uh, he gets called to Master Gerlose's, uh, quarters, uh, and it says, um, Master Gerlose tells him, uh, basically, uh, nothing wrong there. I don't want you to think I'm going to order extra fatigues for what you did, much less have you bent over a chair. You're nearly a journeyman yourself already. When I was your age, they had me cranking the alternator. <laughs> okay, so where's the alternator now? <laughs> oh, wait, so, do you think the man, like an alternator to like shock people for torture? Uh, who knows? I, I, I thought that might well be it. Yeah. Um, although, although as, uh, uh, both, both AC and DC would be equally, uh, equally sufficient for torturing people as, as Mr. Edison demonstrated with his, with his goddamn, uh, uh, elephant, elephant. execution thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, true. I, I do find that Gerloz is really interesting in this chapter as well. Um, there's oh here we go. He, so I was looking for it. And it's right at the end of the uh, chapter where he's talked about um, Gerlose was not a uh, simple man, but a complex man pretending to be a simple man. Um, and that was fun. This, uh, I like that section. Yeah, that yeah, was really it's, fun. it's great. 
I but like then, that too. Uh, it really sort of uh, it goes back to the 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 you know to sort of explain the Matachin Tower, and is like uh, what is it? Uh, he would you know basically go drinking uh, and then try to staggering about in the last hours of the night, trying to catch a glimpse of a sun that had not yet appeared, a sun that would banish the phantoms from his big cabin and per- permit him to dress and send the journeymen to their business. Sometimes he went to the top of our tower above the guns, and waited there, talking to himself, peering through glass said to be harder than flint for the first beams. He was the only one in our guild, Master Palaemon not accepted, who was unafraid of the energies there, and the unseen mouths that spoke sometimes to human beings, and sometimes to other mouths in other towers and keeps. So, I mean, that's just, again, I think, uh, Chris, you were mentioning, like, um, mystifying something that we would know like if if someone told me oh yeah he listens to the radios uh and the transmissions from other you know from from other ships or other towers or whatever yeah uh, we would understand exactly what that is but here it's sort of mystified through like you know old language yeah it's it's back but it's back to the point of um when when votalist fires his gun and it's described like a wedge splitting wood yes yeah I I do want to be fair here. Like, I, on some level, it's a radio is just a, as magical word to us as voices in the air is to them. Like for for many for many people, it's just sort of a um, an explanation without any depth. A- am I making sense? Yes. No, I, it, it no, is. I, Although I, understand. I myself am a, a, am a licensed amateur radio operator, <laughs> uh, and so perhaps I am not so afflicted. But but the little people <laughs> certainly I understand. I, I could mean. not build a radio. Um, <laughs> I don't think okay. any of us could build could build a radio from scratch. But to be but to be sure, I could I could draw you a diagram with little you know a squiggly. <laughs> so um chewy has been quiet the whole episode and i would like to explain to you guys why okay Uh-oh. Uh-oh. so i was sitting here minding my own business and i noticed like he sort of trotted past in his i'm a cool guy trot <laughs> <laughs> and and he did it a couple of times so i looked over and what i saw is he was doing a victory lap with my tv remote and crushing <laughs> it with his teeth oh. so like i had to sneak away and rescue it and it functions but like it is an ugly remote at this point <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a, me- a method to speak to other mouths in other uh <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, pete, pete to your to your point and maybe this is an idiosyncrasy of me but i i i choose not to try to substitute the 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 hidden meaning of stuff as i read this um, as I go through it, like I try to think about that afterwards and focus purely on the magical meaning, because to me, it's far more interesting to imagine that there are a series of weird magic spirits speaking to people from the tops of the towers. Functionally, that may be no different from it being like a radio room or whatever, right? Like, like that. Uh, to, to your point, for for most people, and certainly for Severian, there is no distinction there. And, I, and to me, as a reader, it 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 heightens the strangeness of the text to just mm-hmm. kind of to to not like. I don't want to, as I'm reading, be like when they say magic mouth, 
read it as radio. Like I, I yeah. prefer to just let it kind of linger uh, in like a superposition, like undetermined whether it is fantasy or or technology. That that fascinates me a lot more than being like, "Ooh, I found the secret code." I I hear you, and you are valid, but I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and and the re- the reason I say that is because for me, I know I'm not going to get to the bottom. Like, I'm never really going to know what happened to this universe. Mm. And so, being able to piece something together, it's like, oh my god, the towers of the Citadel, those are rockets. Like, that is, it it, it gives me enough grounding to try and start piecing things together. And I know I'm not going to get all the way there, but the, 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 it's, well, I mean, you either like, you either like putting puzzles together or you don't. See, I, I like I like knowing that there is a puzzle, but I don't much care about about putting it together immediately. Although I will say, consider, though, that that, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to maintain an air of skepticism about my theories because I can already. Ta- I mean, obviously, that's 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 how this book is structured. Right. But mm-hmm. if you came into this knowing nothing about it, which in many respects, I think, is often the ideal way to encounter science fiction and fantasy in general you would have no way of knowing yet right you you could be totally wrong just be like oh yes. I, you know maybe i'm just fucking making this up in my head maybe i'm but, just acting high and i've i've convinced myself that he's talking about a radio maybe it actually is ghosts but i i think there were a couple of tells that anybody would pick up like the like the quartz box with all the libraries in it yes true yes mm-hmm but but you're right. I mean, there's there's nothing better or worse than taking either direction. It's either you like playing Sudoku or you like looking at pictures, and oh, yes. like there's there's True. there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. better or worse. Yes, you you either you either like the artistry of Where's Waldo or you like finding Waldo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I prefer. I am content merely to know that Waldo may be in there somewhere. I must imagine Waldo happy. I, I removed the W and I prefer to read those books as here's Waldo. Question <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so we have a couple of chapters where like, like you said, Kurt, I, uh, Thecla becomes a sort of central character. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I would say that, yeah, she sort of jumps out as someone that's important, uh, or at least important to Valerian, uh, I guess, uh, apart from his, um, you know, falling in love immediately with someone who he's just met and is, um, is going to be tortured at some point. It, it does, it, it does briefly kind of lapse into, okay. I, I, I have mentioned that, that these, these novels feel very current, um, it, the one thing that didn't feel quite as current, although you still get a lot of this, is um, the writing becomes ve- just a little, just a little bit horny <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. when, when it's describing her, like horny in like a chaste way. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like salacious. It's not, it's not actually sexualizing her exactly, but it is definitely, it, it gets a little bit thirsty, shall we say? Yeah. I can just, see yeah, that. I mean, and appropriately so because Severin is yeah, thirsty absolutely. himself. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that is why um, uh, Master Gerlows, uh basically uh, tells him that um, he should, um, he's going to make sure that uh, things are taken care of. He cannot have, uh, he cannot be betting uh, 
the Shadowlane Thecla. So uh, he, he needs to, you know, uh, slake that thirst somewhere else. <laughs> and uh, that's where we go to the, the House Azure, um, which is a place where, um, where a certain type of commerce happens. Uh, what is that commerce, Chris? <laughs> Warm commerce. <laughs> Warm commerce. Yes. I love is, that turn. Honestly, yeah. I love that turn of phrase. This, this, I love it. Yeah. The the book is filled with uh so far, I mean up up to chapter ten at least, is filled with these like nice euphemisms for stuff. Uh and that that one was just just really took the cake for me. <laughs> it's so good. Um but then it's it's very strange because it's called the House Azure. Um obviously um as if it's some sort of uh, play on the uh, the obvious uh, the name of the house absolute, mm. um, but then so this is where uh, partly my brain starts making weird connections. I don't know if I'm solving puzzles or just making weird connections because it's like um, just like uh, Oltan's library is both the library for the, the city and the house absolute. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have to wonder about the house, house Azure. And the only reason I mention that is because what is it like two chapters before when Gurlos is talking to, um, to Severian about uh, the Shadowlane Thecla and what her purpose is within the house absolute and uh, for the autark. Um, he says, uh, Hold on. Hold up a tick. I had it in my hand. Oh, here we go. So um, Valerian's uh, basically uh, prying a little bit and said, I asked, trying to hold my voice steady, if the Autarch actually bedded these concubines. Hmm. Uh, aside, uh, Thecla is uh, part of the <clears throat> inner circle of those concubines. Uh, Master Gerlos rolled his eyes and pulled at his jaw with one huge hand. Well, now, for decency's sake, they have these kybits, what they would call shadow women, that are common girls that look like the Chatelaines. I don't know where they get them, but they're supposed to stand in place of the others. Of course, they're not so tall. He chuckled. I said stand in place, but when they're laying down, the tallness probably doesn't make much difference. They do say, though, that oftentimes it works the other way than it's supposed to. Instead of those shadow girls doing duty for their mistresses, the mistresses do it for them. But the present autarch, whose every deed, I may say, is sweeter than honey in the mouths of this honorable guild, and don't you forget it, in his case, I may say, from what I understand, it is more than somewhat doubtful if he has the pleasure of any of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there's this weird doubling that's going on here, and uh, so that's why I... I I like page back and forth and look at the house Azure and the setup there where each one of the, uh, the, uh, sex concubines, workers. sex workers, what have you, um, are supposed to be basically cosplaying one of the Chatelaines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And that, that whole sequence was, was, was written in a way clearly you know in, in intending to evoke that that same explanation um and also kind of to be confusing right because mm -hmm. like like initially severian is very taken with the illusion and then they kind of get back to the room and he's like wait a minute 
Hold on a second. Uh, and like, <laughs> like, even though, even though he click, he clearly knows it to be the case all along. He kind of like gets wrapped up in 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 the illusion, and um, you know the the woman that he's gone to the room with even like talks to him about it. Like, you know, like, like, like if, if you will, um, oh gosh, what, what is it? What, what is it? Uh, is that, is that her that, that says this or is it, is it uh Thecla? It's her lady. Okay. The, yeah. The about thing. Uh, uh, the thing about like the strong man, like, like, is it, mm-hmm. is it not, is it not strong? Is not the man who can delude himself and the world stronger than it's like, it's like weak. It's like weak men, like allow themselves to be taken in, but strong men like take themselves in and then the rest of the world or something like that. Well, I mean, I think it, it, it harkens back to the, um, to the whole thing about the symbols, uh, creating, you know, creating us. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, She says, uh, weak people believe what is forced on them. Strong people, what they wish to believe, forcing that to be real. Yeah. What is the autark, but a man who believes himself autark and makes others believe by the strength of it true and that so, that, that that's like amazing because it's also like oh you i could be thecla if you like i i i could be thecla if you wanted me to i <laughs> i have a point from like six minutes ago and it's not really urgent but like every second we go on it gets just gets more and more dated and stale <laughs> so i think warm market comes from wet markets in, in in a lot of so if I know you guys know it, but for the audience, in in a lot of places, a wet market is place places where you serve fresh food, particularly meat, and the idea that it is, um, it's 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 not dry goods. In other words, right? That makes sense. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. All right. I was also going to do this bit where I was I was like, you know, Kurt, speak up if you don't think I'm the 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 smartest guy on the pod because he <laughs> stepped out, but he's back, so I can't pull that. Well, you know what they say, uh, Pete: strong men uh, delude themselves <laughs> and make the and and allow you know allow the world to be deluded as well. So so you you may be the strong man today. I'll. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I I have a thought about the Azure House, which is if I'm not mistaken, Azure is is blue. Mm-hmm. Um and uh b- blue is a somewhat archaic term now, but but in the late 70s early 80s would have been a little bit less archaic. Uh for, I think it's for a still, porno. Yeah, it's also oh. still in use like it's, blue it's, words. Yeah, it's it's still in use, but I I suspect that zoomers might not know what what a blue movie oh, yeah. is, if you were uh, to say that. True, true. Because um, I barely knew what it was, you know, having been born in, in like the early 80s. Oh, my God. What is in, a blue moon, then? In, <laughs> oh. in my travels, teaching for a company, so I don't sound like a sex tourist, um, there there are parts of the world where, where blue means the same thing as red light district. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Once the blue moon is like the moon popped a boner. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that was my assumption of why it was called the Azure House or the mm. Azure Houses. Mm. That was my that but if it was was for that reason, because they were their sex workplaces. Yeah. 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 No, I mean it, it makes sense too. Yeah. Um, so did did anybody else like during this whole thing, there was there was something that made me very uncomfortable, and I feel like we sort of like daintily stepped around it but do you know what i'm talking about is it the if if you hit him it costs extra 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, you can do it. The, you know, it's it, they're illegal. They have to take it. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it didn't. I, I, it didn't make me uncomfortable because it's. It seems. It seems pretty clear that the. I mean, to me anyway, it seems like the 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 narration or the meta narration is kind of is kind of bringing that up as as a. It, I, I don't think the reader is meant to go. Oh, haha! That's funny. I think it's supposed to be like yeah. You know, because okay. because yeah. it's it's um because it's brought up again when um uh the 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 kind of uh the the false uh Thecla gets gets back to the room with Severian. False and, if you're weak. Yes, that's right. Mm. False if you're weak, <laughs> and very real if you are strong. Um, and and she kind of you know he he kind of loses the illusion. And she picks up on that and and gets like a little nervous, and it mentions like you know clearly like like she's had a bad experience like in the past what what this has happened, um and and she specifically mentions like you know you may you may hit me once but you will you you won't be able to a second time. There are three men on the floor here, and Severian goes, no, there's not. You know we're we're actually isolated and alone here. I know <laughs> that for a fact. Um, I'm a professional uh, torturer. Enough. Yeah. yeah, and and <laughs> it's definitely meant to be like it uh, to to me anyway. It's pretty clear that you are meant to understand that these sex workers are not in a very are in a very precarious position, and that's that's understood within the text. So it didn't it yeah. didn't bother me. But it, it was certainly I, I I certainly took it on on as comment on the world in which they live. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, yeah. Oh, I, I, I just thought it was a okay. nice, sorry, just, I, I just thought it was a nice signpost just for us, the reader too, to understand that, like, because like, it could be, you know, this could be a story where, you know, sex work is completely, you know, just part of their society and is, uh, but like that, that line does a good job of like saying, no, it's, it's illegal and, 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 um, it's not just like, you know, another guild. Well, they, well, yeah. well, they, well I, they do mention, um, What's his name? It's not. Uh, it's not uh, Palemon. It's the other guy. Uh, Gerlos. Gerlos. Yeah, m- mentions that you know he went to he went to the witches to be. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna bring that up because yeah. it's also like a funny thing. He's like, well, maybe it's better that you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, like to, to Chris's point, having heard that, you could well be like, oh, okay, so is there like a guild of sex work? Like that kind of would make sense, you know, within. The, but, but clear, clearly not. That's not right. the case, or at least not in that way. Well, and also, I think it's it's I think it's sufficiently uh, uh, sort of signposted that you're not supposed to think that's cool. Um, yes, uh, because Roche, who is the 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 journey the new journeyman who takes him to the House Azurus, basically uh, almost as an offhand comment uh, when he asks him, "Oh, they let you do that?" He's like, "Or, or who would do that?" Uh, Severian asks him. Uh, <laughs> Minutes before he does it himself or whatever. Uh, but, um, but Rose says, yeah, you know, pure amateurs would do that, you know, you know, but he, he sort of like is so matter of fact about it, uh, not because he's okay with it, but because I think to, to what everyone else has said, this is simply, yeah, this is just the way the world is, you know, it's commentary about, you know, the, the sex workers are not very protected. Yeah. All right. Well, that, <laughs> that was a weird, <laughs> awkward pause. <laughs> Damn, I killed the chat. Um, 
So then we, I guess we could get to the last year, uh, the actual 10th chapter called the last year, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, basically it, it sort of goes like, almost like, um, oh, what is the name of those, uh, medieval, uh, books that have like the, the, the seasons, um, Domesday book of days, uh, no. book of days. Yeah. I think ah. it sort of like goes through like a little. Like oh the 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 lilies came up and then the roses came up and he brought some to Thecla uh, and so on and so forth and, and then, then she um, tried to get all horny with him yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did like what was it um uh, she asked him what is it uh, why are you not uh, why are you pounding on my door which is a really great euphemism <laughs> for like um <laughs> yeah uh you know what <laughs> i can see what's happening yeah and he's like my blood is rushing somewhere <laughs> um and then he's uh, approached well that's why i think that that's also a joke right because he gets called up to uh, talk to master Palaman and master gerlos and uh, one of the, the the comments is that uh, your childhood is behind you, your manhood ahead. <laughs> like, really? No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and, so, it, well, I mean, just to give some context, like I, I thought it was interesting that like Fekla is like, she seems, you know, realistic, but then at the same time, she still is like, seems convinced that she's going to be saved from the torturers by mm-hmm. it. Um, somebody you know uh uh conceit you know um going to the autark on her behalf and things like that but um because apparently she's being used as bait for uh her sister or half sister Thela, uh, uh thea thea yeah thea thea who is a votalist follower um so like it's this all it's like it's all these like wheels within wheels like stuff that's like completely off mm-hmm. page um but we're and we're just seeing this one little part of it oh that's actually so uh, th- something that i don't know we've talked about is they mention as early as like the third chapter or so that um the exaltants who are held uh within their um what do they call it it's, it's, it's not their keep what the hell is it uh the, the, the we let yeah, well, yes, yeah. There's another term. It's no, no, no. Word. The oubliette is the you're talking about uh, in in Matheshin Tower. They're ta- I, I forget what it's called. There's a C word. The, the, the citadel. There. Yes, thank you. Duh. Yes, oh. yes, yes. The citadel. That a lot of times no orders ever come for them to be tortured, and so they just kind of chill there like forever. Um, and something that only became really <clears throat> clear to me with this is that the the torture is appears to be the point. It's not torture to get a piece of information. And when you give it to them, you go home. It seems to be you're, you're tortured and, and then you're done with like seems to be the is, is kind of what maybe this is a wrong impression, but I I was struggling this as well. And I went in the same direction. Yeah. They, they never mention like, tell us the thing. And then you can go home. It's just kind of like, well, you're here now and we've got you and uh, you'll be here for some time until you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and so there is there's an interesting fatalism with like with that that they discuss with the exaltants where it's like they're, they they start off realistic 
And over time, they become more and more obsessed with this idea that like, oh, someone's going to save me. You know, they're probably well, talking I, to the autark right now. I'm sure that it's all a big misunderstanding and everything will be fine. Right. Well, because time time has passed and there's no immediate punishment. Right. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's it's going to come sooner or later. It's simply a matter of when. Um, there is, uh, uh, before I breeze past all, uh, you know, I, I breeze past some of this, but there's a great, uh, line where Thecla's talking to Severian about, um, it, it precisely this idea that, oh, I could be free tomorrow. You'll never, you don't know. Um, and so she's, she's explaining her reasoning, it seems. And he says, uh, she says to him, uh, no one really knows what the autark will do. That's what it all comes down to, or Father Inir either. When I first came to court, I was told as a great secret uh, that it was Father Inir who really determined the policy of the Commonwealth. When I had been there two years, a man very highly placed, I can't even tell you his name, said it was the Autark who ruled, though to those in the House Absolute, it might seem that it was Father Inir. And last year, a woman whose judgment I trust more than any man's confided that it really made no difference because they were both as unfathomable as the pelagic deeps. And if one decided things while the moon waxed and the other when the wind was in the east, no one could tell the difference anyway. I thought that was wise counsel until I realized she was only repeating something I had said to her myself half a year before. <laughs> So <laughs> it's it's also uh, a a great thing to um a, again there's that sense of doubling something right where she's having information that she gave to somebody reflected back to her and she's like oh wow how wise oh wait a second I told you that <laughs> and then I, I I did like his his nice little uh his little like charming compliment which she totally misses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. Where he's like, well, clearly then you heard it from a very, you know, esteemed source, and she's just totally off in her own world and doesn't notice. <laughs> well, because she's still preoccupied. Like she mm. is for all her um like her bluster that, yeah, you don't know. I could be res rescued tomorrow. She's off in her la la land because she's like, oh, but it's all true, Severian. No one knows what they may do. I might be free tomorrow. It's quite possible. So, you know, um, yeah, she is, she's off in, you know, uh, dare we say Hopeland, uh, really, really, really trying to, I guess, bend reality to the will that, uh, she is in fact going to be freed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it is, it is a little bit sad that she, you can, you can kind of see her following the exact thing that Severian says, where it's like, they start out realistic and then over time they they kind of start lying to themselves about it so it is it, it is interesting that you immediately see it and al also let me just say the 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 time jump is very interesting that happens here because it's been it's been a fairly it, the, the, these chapters are written in an interesting style where like each chapter is almost like a little self-contained uh like it, it there, there's no there's no i i feel like i said this last time but it bears repeating like it, it each chapter ends almost with like a little bon mot right and not mm -hmm. a cliffhanger it's not like and then somebody bursts through the door for for the most part there's maybe one that's done something like that uh, th this one does kind of the, the chapter 10 does like a false cliffhanger where it's like they told me the secret 
And then you turn the page and it's like they're talking about something else completely different now. I don't care. Like it's just it's just like winding you up. Um, but it, it's not it's not exactly that they're like little like each one is its own little vignette. Like like the, mm-hmm. there's a theme to a chapter. It's not merely a linear delineation of like, okay, about ten pages have 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 passed. Uh, I will end the chapter now. Well, I mean, it's also uh, it it follows like that um, episodic, almost picaresque structure, right? But then the weird thing is that Severian is not like a trickster or, you know, like the the type of character that would be in a picaresque necessarily. So anyway, uh, I suppose we should probably wrap things up. Um, I I would like to comment that given the fact that we're doing this five chapters at a time, I am amazed that we consistently get past an hour and have to stop <laughs> ourselves from going on. <laughs> I mean, this is a deep well. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it's I mean, just just I mean, I think a lot of it is like the way that it's written in the prose. Like, there's so many uh, there's so many unteased threads in this. It's just I don't know. There's a, there's a lot that you could talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I didn't even get into. I forget which chapter it is where there's a there's a an aside like a, per, a parenthetical, literally a parenthetical, where um, Severian says, "Oh yeah, yes, this or that." At this moment, I can't remember where I saw so and so. And you're like, "Motherfucker, you are oppressed by memory. Fuck you, <laughs> liar." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um. I suppose we could probably uh, uh, get into last thoughts. Um, Where will Severian go next? So uh, there was an interesting, we didn't didn't really talk about it, but he he makes the conscious choice to stay with the guild. Um, Mm. And uh, so I I think that's interesting because I I wasn't sure because like we know eventually he does leave the guild. Uh, I mean, like he, because he's hinted hinted at it at some point. Um, so I wasn't sure if it would happen then or not, but, um, so that I, I was, that was a nice little spot to uh, where I wasn't sure where, where it was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I don't know who you were saying, but I will bowl forward. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, his world needs to expand. Hmm. Uh, you, you can't, you can't have this develop any farther with him being a a a, a torturer in a, in a in a metal tower. Like the, he has to go elsewhere, and he's either going to get an assignment where he has to go elsewhere, or he's going to get his ass kicked out. But like something has to make him journey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, you're 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 following the uh, he has to leave the home village, uh, uh, hub area of D and D. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just I'm doing straight up masks of God heroes journey shit here. <laughs> I disagree. Although I acknowledge it would be a very different book and probably not a series. Um, but I could totally see this as like purely a like buildings Roman type type story where it literally is just about, you know, him going through the motions of being a torturer and spending more time on that. And eventually he becomes old and then dies. 
Well, like I mean, like, I then, would it, then it would that. be called Gorman Guest. True. Yeah. Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but but like like I, I mean I think I a lot of uh, a lot of sci-fi novels, especially and fantasy novels too, have a very a very strong sense of being in the preamble to the work right before the journey begins. Um, and I don't get that from this. Like it's clear, it's clear that, uh, you know, Wolf put just as much thought into this section as he did anything that comes afterwards. Like it feels like a rich, fully fleshed out, like moment or setting or however you want to describe it that could absolutely like, i'm i'm fully invested in you know just like what's what's going on like so if it didn't do that i would honestly be fine with that and i it's i think part of it is the way that part of it is the way that that the the, the text is not overly concerned with things happening it's much more concerned with like the implications of things and the meaning of things and like what people are thinking about and their conversations and and it's just it's just very rich in the way that it's written it's not like, uh, you, you know, I was on my, it, it's, it, some sci-fi stories and fantasy stories have the sense of like, um, oh, okay, here's a perfect example. Uh, when Severian is given the letter to deliver to, uh, Altan, there, there was a part in my brain that I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is the thing that's going to start the hero's journey. He's going to get, he's going to. Yeah. He's gonna have to go deliver the letter, and then some shit's gonna happen, and that's gonna escalate and escalate and escalate. And, and you can, I, you can kind of see that happening to a degree, but, but that wasn't the thing, right? The the way that you know, uh, Luke wants to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters, right? And and uh, he, you know, he they they buy a droid, right? And in the beginning of of uh, Star Wars, you can feel. That the reason that they're buying the droid is because it needs, you know, the, the plot has to start. Nothing has given me that that sense here. So it's, it, I, it, you, it, it is definitely setting things up. For instance, uh, I, I did notice that they make a point of describing how weirdly shaped um, one of the books is mm. uh, that um, Thecla has asked for. And in the next chapter, he has to go in the cell and sit down with her because he can't fit the book through like through the door because it's it's like a weird shape so so there are things that like there are dominoes being you know set in motion um but but it's not it's not quite as overt as you know here's this droid oh look a picture of a princess is she space i better go find out about this (laughs) i I would i would argue that 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 um sort of cause and effect is somewhat uh it's it's both um buttressed and somewhat uh obscured by the fact that in the chapter previous you get like this amazing description of all those types of books and it it feels real right because he's got books of all types all shapes stuff that doesn't look like books why would why would all the books be of the same size and shape right right yeah oh so question go ahead question about that is the two books that are described in detail the small green book and the the big weird little shaped red book. One Sorry, with arms on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the the big weird shaped one with arms on, on the cover. Are those references to something? Because I thought about it for a long time and I couldn't figure out if if either of them were a reference to something that would that we hmm. should 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 recognize from from our world. Not sure. I didn't you catch it. A good if question. So. 
Only green book I could think of is uh, the Qaddafi one. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Who knows? I mean, it it could it it could just be a, a counter. He's like, oh yeah, fuck you, Herbert. You have an orange book. Fuck you. I'm gonna have a green book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I <clears throat> there's only one green book that really leaps into my mind, and I'm pretty damn sure it's not that one. The uh the the like black travel guide for yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's not it's not a travel guide for African Americans beyond that I don't know <laughs> well and on that note <laughs> boy did I kill the conversation there sorry guys no no no, no, no. it's all good man that was I, my I thought it was a good too, to be honest it was a good that, joke yeah I was like no there's it there's no way there's no possible yeah. connection <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, in any case, uh, I, I'm I'm glad that everyone uh, really enjoyed these these chapters. Uh, we'll be back soon with the next ones um, and uh, the rest of the year of the new sun. Uh, so, uh, guys, gents, thanks again for reading this with me. Uh, and in my case, I'm I'm going back and rereading, <laughs> and it's it's. <laughs> It really is amazing to reread as well, uh, even though you, you're you're you know like even if you're in the same same book, go back and be like, oh, I, I've now I've got a little bit of a different perspective on you know this these chapters. Um, it's really it's been a treat. So uh, I do hope that it's been as much a treat for me as it has been. Uh, or it, uh, it for <laughs> no, you as going. it has been for perfect. you. Perfect. <laughs> no, it's all good. And I hope that it's a treat for everyone listening in to our our discussions of Shadow of the Torturer. Uh, so I guess um, this is us signing off. We'll catch you next time here at Podside. Stay torturing. <laughs>